Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sinai. I'm your host, XO. It's season three, episode two. On today's episode, I have a special guest. He's a creative style enthusiast, an excellent content creator, a beast behind the lens, a business owner of an urban luxury clothing line called Perception. Oh, and I didn't mention his occupation is a civil engineer. He's a newly married man. <laughs> Shout out to him. Congratulations. And he does a YouTube channel with his wife called Reading Between the Lines, or Read Between the Lines. Before I introduce him, I'm going to hit y'all with the quote of the day. Successful people are always looking for opportunities to help others. Unsuccessful people are asking, what's in it for me? I'm going to give y'all a second, and I'm going to elaborate on that quote. Back to the quote of the day. Successful people are always looking for opportunities to help others. Unsuccessful people are asking, what's in it for me? And that just goes... Always be willing to help. Successful people always want to help others out. And unsuccessful people, selfish people want to ask, what's in it for me? How can I win instead of helping the other person win? And I believe helping other people with their goals and their dreams and their aspirations really help you achieve your goals on that journey, on that path. But now let me introduce my guest, Mr. Mario Reed, a.k.a. Mr. Reed on IG. How you doing today? Good, man. Appreciate you for having me. Definitely excited to kick this thing off. Um, I don't know if you want me to jump straight into the quarter of the day, but that's something that I find extremely profound. Um, something my wife and I talk about all the time is emotional intelligence. Something I like to live by is understanding yourself, understanding other people. And that quote to me is an essential, I guess, um, show of lack of emotional intelligence for anybody who looks to see what's in things for themselves as opposed to seeking to help other people. Uh, I firmly believe that if you are comfortable enough with yourself, understand your trajectory, understand what you have to offer, um, you have no problem supporting others and bigging others up and doing what you can to help them. So, quick intro. <laughs> we getting right into it. Questions <laughs> ain't even start, but we that, that definitely right definitely hit me. Um, I'm, I'm definitely one for those type of deeper conversations and deeper understanding of oneself. So, yeah, I do. I yeah, appreciate man. that. And I think that's like more people should be like less selfish in, in what they're trying to do and what they're achieve. Because I, I ain't going to lie. I, in the beginning, I was like that. Like, what's in it for me? You feel me? Versus like, like, all right, let me just help somebody get to where they're going versus trying to help myself first. Everybody is, man. That's just, I mean, we're human. That's how we wired. And I think, you know, it takes a, a strong sense of maturity to get to a point where you're willing to um, help others before you look at what you get out of it and to go even further what you get out of it is that sense of you know self that you're confident enough to help somebody else and you never know what you did for them mm -hmm. no matter what it is whether it be some information you had um whether it just be going out your way to kick some game to somebody yeah that that in, in itself says a lot about who you are as a person and you can in turn take that and build upon yourself even more so if you're looking for what it is you get out of it for helping other people that's just it. Yeah. You somebody that knows how to help other people, and that's something that's to be respected. So, yeah. For sure. Like, it builds like that inner worth that makes you like appreciate yourself and like appreciate like you doing something for somebody, like seeing somebody else happy because you helped them do something. Like hundred percent. Yeah, that makes me just feel good on the inside. But appreciate you coming on today. We chilling, relaxing, in his humble abode. <laughs> yeah, man. Appreciate you making that drive. Man, I know in L.A., you know, a fifteen minute drive can easily turn into a two hour drive. So I'm like, it's crazy. Pushed, pushed all the way out to Long Beach. Most definitely. Thank you for that. Man, I appreciate you. We sipping on some whiskey right now, man. 
Yeah, man. I definitely consider myself a whiskey connoisseur. <laughs> I got these black rocks in, in my drink. I'm yeah. like, oh, no, I like had, this. I had, had to give you the good cup. <laughs> he said the good cup. Yeah. I like that. Appreciate that, man. If you're listening, treat your guests right. For sure. All the time. And we are Southern, so that is... <laughs> Southern house clear way to be hospitable. I wish we had some food to offer you, but oh man, oh, you know, appreciate it. But I already it's know. tough out in these streets. Yeah, I already know. <laughs> I ain't even tripping, man. All my grocery money went to rent this month. So, <laughs> handle your business. That's what, <laughs> that's what he says. You see, they have food in your belly or a roof over right. your head. That's the out of the two, and I respect that. But let's take a journey back. Let's go to like the childhood. You growing up, damn. Did you always like, he said, damn. <laughs> did you always like inspire to be a style enthusiast? content creator, business owner, or did you have different dreams? Um, to tell the truth, I thought I wanted to be an architect. Mm-hmm. Um, my path, or my career path, comes from my grandfather. So, my grandfather was um, the first minority-owned construction contractor in the state of Michigan. Um, growing up in the 30s, he only had roughly seventh or eighth grade education. I'm not 100% on the facts, but I know he had a leg injury mm-hmm. that prevented him from going to school because back in those days, you had to walk yeah. to school. And being in Michigan, wintertime, you can imagine oh, yeah. having to walk a few miles to school and you can't physically walk, you're not getting an education. So yeah. that took him out. To this day, he has a limp. Um, one of his legs is about six or seven inches shorter than the other one. He's operated, despite that, doing very well for himself. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he always... Um, I remember growing up because they are from Michigan, I'm from Atlanta. I used to spend all my summers up there with my grandparents. I think I got a good mixture of book knowledge from my father's side of the family mm-hmm. and street knowledge from my mom's side of the family, yeah, which the grandfather I'm referring to. So spending time with them, my grandfather used to always sit the grandboys down and really instill in them what he felt a man should be all the way down from how you treat your wife, how you love God, to how you don't work, you don't eat. And I'm talking their country, like they grew up, well, they have a farm, mm-hmm. pond in the backyard, grew up raising pigs, grew up raising yeah, cattle, chickens in the backyard, things like that. And I'll never forget, I was probably about eight or nine, and he broke down to me how he had his business, but what it took for him to get his business was so much given the time he was trying to do this 30s, 40s, 50s it was damn near impossible for a black man to establish himself in that regard he was in the north so he didn't have to deal with like confederacy of the south and nothing like that but to get more specific about my industry as a civil engineer you have people who work in the office and you got people who work outside you got house niggas and you got field niggas (laughs) so my granddaddy was a field nigga yeah that basically wanted his kids and grandkids to not have to do that and be house niggas. Got you. That requires schooling. So he wanted his children, his grandboys, somebody to be the people he used to see in the house doing the work. And of course I'm being metaphorical because he was out on a construction site being told what to do by white people, white boys who Mm -hmm. were much younger than him. Mm -hmm. And just being honest, that's what I went to school and that's what I do. Gotcha. I don't think less of anybody know like that, but I get to work in an air-conditioned office on a construction site going and telling people what to do gotcha. while they're outside, hard hats on, vests on, hammering, drilling, putting in their hourly you know, work. And 
that's how I got to the whole engineering portion of my career. Um, I was always creative. I have uncles who are phenomenal artists. Oh, I'm talking yeah. sketched the craziest artwork you've really? ever seen and never did anything that. with check it. Check that out for real. It's just around the house. And you think some artists did it. They're like, nah, bro, I did that when I was like 19. And they framed it and just kept it. They Damn. were that gifted. My mom is even a pretty good artist. Okay. So I was always doodling. Uh, I know my parents got a baby picture of me when I was four. There was a pencil in my hand and a picture of Spider-Man. And at four, the little sketch I drew was not that far off yeah. from this Spider-Man. <laughs> so they knew. But at the same time, they also got me at age six, my first tool set. Got you. So they got pictures of me unscrewing all the doorknobs off all the doors in the house. <laughs> so what's ironic is that if I were to look back, engineering, architecture, design, those go hand in hand with having a creative ability versus being able to use your hands and being handy. Got you. In order to build a nice building, you need someone to think it up and design it. Mm -hmm. You need someone with the ineptitude to physically go build it. Yeah, that's true. I was fortunate enough to have both of those abilities. Um, and it made my grandfather proud. I, I, to be, I guess, specific for anybody who's considering my career path and want to know why I chose um, civil engineering over architecture, just being blunt with you, I got to be about 17, 18, saw the architects didn't make as much money. <laughs> um, I looked into other options, even architectural engineering. That was a program that was going to start to be offered in my school. And I just um, thankfully had some OG, thankfully had a few older professors who looked out for me and told me the ceiling of my career as an architect versus the ceiling of my career as a civil engineer, what it could or could be. And I just kind of made that executive decision while still in college. Um, that's a whole nother conversation that I feel very passionate about how we don't educate teenagers enough about what their career path could potentially be before actually choosing a major. Yeah. Like you have no idea how deep your major can or can affect your life mm -hmm. at age 16, 17. Even if you had the idea, I want to think about that shit. I was trying to party. Man. I was trying to get out of my parents' house. You know? Not so, to cut you off, but I was dealing with the same thing in 16, 17 in yeah. high school. I didn't have, I didn't know what my future looked like. Because they, you know, the counselors was like, hey, you ain't going to graduate, so this is this is it. It was like, versus saying, well, let's let's help you graduate and then see what your options are after that. So where, what your career, your career will lead to. What are you passionate about? What do you like doing? Right. Versus like, oh, you're a failure. Or not necessarily a failure, but you're not going to graduate. So, hey, you push you to the side, move on to the next kid. Which is like, no, nah, we got to help and educate teens like you said 16 17 18 that's when they really on that rise in that peak where they can like at the top of the mm -hmm. mountain they can fall or they can keep climbing so and that go like that conversation could literally go on a tangent for hours mm -hmm. because even before you got here me and the wife was talking about literally an, an hour ago not even starting it at 16 17 starting it as a child what you instill into your children and how it molds their future yeah you know not to be dramatic about it but let's take High school counselors making average salary, if they're even on salary. Mm -hmm. How educated are they in every profession that you could possibly go in That's true. before telling you what you should or shouldn't do? Mm -hmm. So for me, had I not had my grandfather in the background kind of kicking me game to what construction and engineering was, yeah. I was also good at math and science in school. I had a guidance counselor, a woman, she was black, she was from New York who told me you have potential to go be something, you should go be an engineer. 
But she just said that because she knew engineers could get decent jobs. She yeah. didn't think about what it actually meant to you. Meant to me family. what it took for my career. And had I not had a grandfather who just, you know, wanted me to be interested in that, yeah. I probably would have took her advice and hated this shit. Because mm-hmm. I ain't gonna lie, I hate this shit. <laughs> Everybody our age who has any sort of creative bone in their body, who has any sort of entre- entrepreneurial bone in their body, yeah. hates the concept of corporate America, hates the concept of student loans. Man. Again, that can go into <laughs> so a very deep conversation yeah. about the system, but... I personally take pride in right now having been a part of the system or I'm going to say currently being part of the system because I do have a nine to five corporate America job, but at the same time, invest in myself every chance I get, which is where the photography, the styling, the art, any sort of creativity comes into play. Mm -hmm. At one point, it felt like I would never get a chance to touch that again. It felt like I made a huge mistake. Yeah. Coming out of college, um, went to school in Boston. Again, whole nother conversation. <laughs> Complete culture shock. Hey, touch on it. Came out of school, first job was $53,000, right? Mm-hmm. When you used to make seven fifty, eight fifty an hour, yeah. or like maybe $10 if you're in a high, you know, high economy environment, getting a job paying a salary that's more than what you used to seeing at, you mm-hmm. know, 21, 22, it seems like a lot. Yeah. But you got thirty, forty thousand in loans, and I was blessed. I had, my scholarship covered probably eighty-five percent of my gotcha. education. My school was like sixty grand a year. Scholarship was almost three hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Came out with like twenty-seven in loans. Cakewalk compared to most people. I got a homeboy who got a master's that went to USC. He just turned thirty-one and got two hundred twelve thousand dollars in loans. Fuck. And I ain't gonna shade him. I ain't gonna disrespect him. But he a social worker. He make. Maybe 50, 60, living in L.A. Like, that's, that's damn near impossible to pay yeah. back. Yeah, and, and have, like, fun. a, you know, and he knows this. We talk about this all the time. He's continued, continually trying to better himself, but the system made him. Yeah. And I'm sure there was some person at some point that told him that was the way to go. Mm-hmm. Who said, you got your undergrad in social work. You should go get your master's now. Your master's going to make you a better person. Yeah. My mama said the day, tell me I need to go get my master's in civil engineering. But she doesn't know what I do on a day-to-day. Mm-hmm. I'm a civil engineer who works in construction management. Gotcha. I know construction managers who don't even have a bachelor's degree make just as much, if not more, money than I do because mm-hmm. it's all about experience. It's all about street smarts. Yeah. It's all about managing money, understanding business, understanding construction, how to build. Um, you don't need a master's for that. Yeah. You just don't. But why is it that we have... Mostly in the black community. I'm going to say that loud. And I love my people. And I just want us to adapt a bit. But mostly in the black community, parents who think that education is the answer for everything. Mm -hmm. I don't disagree. Education as a whole, I think, is the answer to a lot. But systematic education is not necessarily the answer. Going to school for certain things isn't going to solve everything. Yeah, it's not. A tradesman who went to school for, let's just say, let's call it construction. Let's generalize it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing stopping him from doing my job. Yeah. That I went to a four-year engineering school. Had I not had a scholarship, would have been two fifty, three hundred thousand dollars in debt for. Yeah, especially if he, like, if he knows somebody higher than, like, like I said, if he knows somebody of that nature, like, above you or anything, they're like, oh, and they, like, family friends, they're like, oh, yeah, he'll put you in your position quick. Right. And some things don't 
take education. Some things take experience. Mm-hmm. Education is important. Don't get me wrong. But you can't teach somebody, just sticking to the construction example, how to build a building. Yeah. You can read everything you need to read, but until you get out there, actually use your hands, try to build stuff, learn what does and doesn't work, mm-hmm. you're not going to know. Yeah. Your Lego instructions gave you a general idea of how to make your building, but you had to put certain pieces in certain places yeah, to, make to it know it. that it wouldn't come out the way you wanted it to work. So That's real. Another tangent, but Man. back to childhood, that's, <laughs> that's essentially where it came from. My grandfather, he was definitely the, the patriarch that... Um, made me want to pursue that and I think for me it was more a sense of pride than a sense of um, purpose mm-hmm. I don't feel my purpose was in construction yeah. or engineering I felt that I was smart enough to do it and I wanted to make my granddaddy proud mm-hmm. especially because all my cousins was doing stuff they weren't supposed to do I had three or four out of about 50 60 cousins mm-hmm. who got a higher education who wasn't selling dope who mm-hmm. didn't get locked up who actually made a name for themselves, yeah. was taking care of their family. The rest of them, for the most part, weren't doing shit. So my grandfather was front row at my graduation. Gotcha. And it meant everything for me. That didn't wear off until probably about two or three years into my career. I was like, yeah. all right, nigga, I did what I was supposed to do. Now yeah. let me start focusing on what I want to do. do. And that's when Perception was born. Gotcha. So, yeah, man. Perception was born. So what made you create Perception? Um... The idea of perception and styling in general came from a buddy of mine I went to high school with. He was a little bit younger than me. He was getting his business degree and wanted to start a clothing line. Mm -hmm. Me, I didn't know nothing about it. He just wanted me to design. Because I taught myself Photoshop, taught myself Illustrator, taught myself how to basically translate all of my hand drawings into digital drawings because it seemed like that's where the trajectory was going mm-hmm. and just on some G shit being in college I needed money Yeah. so I used to go to all the clubs mm-hmm. go talk to all the DJs and I said you paying somebody $50 to make you a flyer for this club give me 25 to do your next you know 10 flyers or whatever then I go do that same thing with every DJ in every local club so I'm bringing in money making flyers yeah. and my first few flyers trash <laughs> it got to the point where I got good mm-hmm. and then I started getting DJ saying well do you do the photography as well you in college girls like their professional pictures yeah. to this day this was before Instagram was crazy the way it was gotcha. I graduated high school 2009 so 2009-2010 Instagram kind of just started but Nobody cared about professional pictures. Like, mm-hmm. iPhone 4 was out back then. <laughs> so, if you had a professional yeah. picture, then you was the shit, yeah. you know? So, invested in a camera, started learning how to take pictures, and that just opened up a whole new world for me because yeah. as a creator, it allowed me to think of an idea and be able to capture it in real time mm-hmm. and have it in, in my face. Evidence of my idea being, you know, Captured brought to life both digitally and through like the photography so that's how kind of the I want you to design for my clothing line started because I started doing that started posting it it was like oh he know Photoshop he know Illustrator he know photography he always been stylish Mm -hmm. that come from my mom she always kept me clean (laughs) but he hit me up and I'm like man I don't really know he's like hey man just just make some designs for me matter of fact forget all that I want you to be a partner I'm 21 and I'm like oh shoot like we finna start this company it's finna yeah. take off you know how niggas get <laughs> either one of us neither one of us knew what we was doing 
ended up losing all my little money. Damn. And um, this was 2012. And at a certain point, I was like, man, forget this. A, I'm only child biologically. Um, mom was told she couldn't have kids. Here I come. They ended up uh, raising one of my cousins, who was like my big sister. Mm-hmm. Long story short, I like being to myself. I like my own space. Gotcha. And at that point in my life, I wasn't used to collaborating as much mm-hmm. as I am now. And part of me was like, I just wasted my money on something, putting my trust in somebody else. Another part of me <clears throat> took that entrepreneurial spirit is just like, why are you going to create a clothing line for somebody else when you can do it yourself? Yeah. So I'm sitting in my apartment one day. Fast forward, I done graduated. Um, and one night, I just got to thinking, I hear a lot of people, or I've heard the quote that references an iceberg, that 90% of the iceberg is beneath the surface. Mm-hmm. And you never really know um, what its mass contains of as you're looking at it. And I always had a thing with crowns, just like every, every nigga in the world. Just got a thing with crowns and lions, right? But I'm sitting there one night, and I'm like, a lot of people don't know that I have certain interests. Yeah. A lot of people don't know certain things about me. Um, what would be a positive representation of that? And an iceberg came to mind, but the way the logo was born, I had an affinity for shapes, clean lines. Um, and if you look at the logo, there's a triangle up top, symbolize the top of the iceberg, mm-hmm. a line in the middle, and an upside down crown underneath. So, most people don't know that until they ask. The logo is actually an iceberg. Gotcha. But what you see is an upside-down crown. It symbolizes so much, and the, the company name, Perception, it can be whatever you take it as. Yeah, your perception. Because you are who you are. Mm-hmm. You are unique in your own right. The way you see it is true to what it is. Yeah. No, you're not wrong as long as you are being true to yourself. Gotcha. And that's kind of how the name was born and the logo was born one night the whole idea of it being a clothing line just seemed i'm not gonna say easy but it was like you might as well throw this on some shirts and see if you make some money out of it you know go take your pictures call a few models and do your photography or whatever and it's grown to something that um i'll say it it started off as an idea and it has subtly become a brand Mm -hmm. behind me people see me and how I move, how I act, how I respond. And the sense of perception as a, as a brand, you know, takes hold to them more so than some t-shirts or a jacket would. And to me, I take pride in that. Um, Perception was definitely meant to be a brand that extends far beyond just clothes. Mm -hmm. I wanted people to see it. I wanted people to feel it. Wanted people to understand it because you can be true to whoever the hell you are. Yeah. Um, not every opinion is wrong, not every opinion is right. But just kind of touching back on that emotional intelligence thing is knowing who you are, knowing where you stand. You can make something dope, make something beautiful. Mm-hmm. But I don't even remember what the original question was. <laughs> yeah. You shouldn't have you shouldn't have called me for a podcast. No, you good. I, I mean I like it, I respect everything that you're talking about, especially perception. And how you, um, the whole origin, the creation of perception, like you said, it goes back to that emotional intelligence. But I believe everybody has that creative juice inside them. 
Yeah. It's just like that iceberg that's under, it's just underwater, stuck underwater. Then we got that 10% that's sticking out mm-hmm. versus trying to at least that whole 90%. That 90% comes through with the people you surround yourself with to bring out that creative side and 100%. just different stuff you're doing on a daily basis. So I understand what you mean. And I like the whole idea and the, the origination of uh, perception. I like the, like I said, the concept behind it. Because you, like you said, you want, it's more than just a brand on the show. You want people to feel it, see it, and just really know what it is. 100%. So, I got you. Man, <laughs> he said you should never call me from a podcast. I'm like, I can go, I can go off for days. Yeah, I'm like, man, I respect. I really it. could. So we like we're gonna take a step back. <clears throat> we go back, back, back to the childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, was you born and raised in ATL or? Nope. So I was born in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Okay, that's where all of my family's from on my mom's side, my dad's side from Saginaw, Michigan. Um, I was told up until about age 21 that it was. Um, family tradition that all the kids be born in Michigan what? But, but come to find out it was some typical hood shit my mom and my dad split up yeah. and my mom went back to Michigan to be with her family during the pregnancy that's why I was born in Michigan then you know a couple weeks later my dad came up to Michigan I want my family back yada 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 yeah. so my mom came back to Atlanta yeah. so Atlanta's all I know as far as being raised but I did spend my summers up in Michigan with my grandparents as I said so, Landis home, for sure. Oh, gotcha. Man, ATL. Said Atlanta's home. I mean, like yeah. I said, you plan on moving back in a few months. Yeah, still got a house out there. Um, held on to it before I moved out here. Just been renting it out ever gotcha. since. So cheap. I mean, every apartment I've had out here, one bedroom, two bedroom, has been almost twice as much as the mortgage on my house for, in Atlanta. So, you can imagine why would I ever want to give that up. Mm-hmm. Um like a lot of things out there just make more sense to me gotcha. hospitality cost of living two major ones but LA's been cool yeah. <laughs> had my fun you know. LA's been cool and expensive like for real like that it's like it's been worth it for sure definitely been worth it found my wife so yeah. it's really all that matters oh yeah that's a congratulations on the marriage too appreciate it man, man. I know that's ooh Man, I'm like, I'm to put, we got to put the link in so they can see the video up. for the wedding because I want, I want them to see that. That, that, that thing was wedding of the year, yeah, most that definitely. Wedding, that wedding was crazy, man. I ain't gonna lie to you. Ain't even gonna hold you up. Man, that's crazy. What was your, uh, what was the whole like process for the creating the whole wedding and everything? Man, so the proposal was December 2018. It seemed like it went so fast because, thankfully, I'll say I was blessed with a wife who had connections. Mm-hmm. Um, her mentor is an event coordinator yes. just by nature. Um, her parents are both pastors, hardworking, was trying to buy a new home and low-key had the money stashed away to pay for the wedding. Mm-hmm. Beyond a blessing, because if we had to pay for it, showing up wouldn't have been the way it was. Yeah. But her parents stepped up crazy yeah. and provided the most amazing night for us. Um, process was seamless for me. I know it was more stressful for her, but I ain't had to worry about that. Mm-hmm. I signed the, you know, invitations, signed the save dates. Other than that, I coordinated the DJ, coordinated the photographer. Everything else was taken care of. Yeah. So That's I had an easy road. If you ask my wife, it's going to be a completely different answer. She was <laughs> constantly meeting with people every other week, 
you know. Um, definitely didn't have a bridezilla. Her mom definitely wasn't overbearing. Like, it was probably the most perfect situation for the two of us mm-hmm. to get married. Man. And I'm definitely thankful for it. We um, actually ended up picking the first venue we went to go see. We saw a couple of places in the line. Mm-hmm. Scheduled a bunch of um, meetings with them. First place we went to go see, we knew that was it. Yeah, yeah. I had that feeling. That that booked was it. They had our day that we wanted. Everything worked out. Man, like I said once again, congratulations. That's the vote. I don't want to hey, toast man. to that. We got to toast to that for real. Appreciate that's, you. That's a big step. Gotta hurry up, man. I'm almost done with my whiskey. Just... Oh yeah, I already know. <laughs> I'm over here babysitting. I'm just watching right. the conversation. Yeah, dog. Like we, I know we jumping everywhere. We went from childhood to marriage to the, the business. Um. Let me see. When did your love for fashion develop? Great fucking question. I almost feel bad doing this podcast because, like, <laughs> I'm somebody who is very analytical. Mm-hmm. So one question sparks ten other questions or gotcha. ten answers in my head, right? Yeah. <laughs> so to directly answer your question... Um, being told I was fly so many times. Mm-hmm. I'm, just, I'm just being honest. But the context behind that, like I said, my mama always kept me looking nice. Mm-hmm. But to go even deeper than that, I was always fat. So a part of my identity, middle school, elementary school, high school, became, oh, he fat, but he funny and he fly, so we like that nigga. <laughs> Got you. And I didn't really fold into that that never became something I leaned on I can honestly say I never fell into oh I have to look good or people won't like me Mm -hmm. because I was always a good person at heart I was always funny I was always cool but it wasn't until that became a thing and I'm gonna say college age 19 ish it became a thing yeah it was like oh this nigga's flyer than everybody else and it was like okay well maybe I should start looking into it um it became, I guess, what you see now on Instagram. About yeah. a year and a half, two years ago. Fly guy. <laughs> Fly guy on Instagram, for sure. It, it, it was what you see now on Instagram was, or is, a combination of enough people asking me how to style certain things okay. or how to look certain ways. And one night I just realized you got something that people want. You can capitalize, you can monetize off of it. So why not do it? Mm-hmm. But if you ask anybody to know me, I've always been this, this, this nigga. No, Started elementary school, my mama kept me in the Bugle Boy and the Eyes Eye sweaters and the nice shoes. And then going into middle school, dad bought me my first, first pair of forces, cousin bought me my first pair Man. of J's. Like it just was something that I consider a blessing because I didn't know no better. I never thought about it. But to the creative aspect of it, one thing that to my core, I love is coordination. Mm-hmm. Whether that be putting clothes together, whether that be you know styling a home, styling coordination is something that um, brings me joy. Just the overall thought of seeing something in your head, and again being able to bring it to life. Gotcha. So, if I had to, you know, directly answer when it started, as far as what you see, a couple years ago, mm-hmm. but. Always been a fly. Yeah, you always had. It's been there, but it just, I say, 
it blossomed up rooted like you said a couple of years ago when you finally seen like this is your calling because people are asking you yeah. how to style certain things how to put certain things together and you're like exactly Man, that's the case i'm all you like you say you always been fly but it's like they asked me to do it it's like my calling like you said i can monetize this let me do it it's like why not and then it's you see what it flourished to now so exactly i appreciate that and i'm like man you helping a lot of people out with that whole style the- honestly i think for me it still hadn't hit me yet you know i get dms of people asking for certain style tips i just don't think none of it you mm-hmm. know i'm like Everybody probably grew up this way. Everybody can shop the way I shop. Yeah. It ain't like I'm going to some, you know, big designer store and buying a bunch of things like that. Mm-hmm. But you have to stop and realize that if people are asking you, then there must be a need. Yeah. There must be a demand for it. So you got to supply. And it's just, I guess, going back to the whole, <laughs> whole fat thing, not ever thinking that you could be somebody that people lean to for stuff. For gotcha. you. Something that people need. Mm-hmm. And that was just my whole life. It, it was, you cool, but we don't really need you for shit. Yeah. We like you, but we don't need you. Yeah. And it wasn't until, like I said, like 19, 20, that it became like a, oh, no, nah, we need you for something. Mm-hmm. And that just kind of took off into, back into emotional intelligence, learning enough about yourself and what yeah. you have to offer. Um, want something into what it is. Yeah. So, yeah. I appreciate that. I mean, We'll take a quick break. I know we've been recording for a minute. Quick. All right, y'all, we back. I'm going to hit him with the top five, top five questions, top five answers, and see what he thinks uh, on his behalf. First one I'm going to hit you with, top five food spots in ATL on your behalf. Shit. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to just go quick. I ain't going to linger on it too long. So when we go back home, because she hasn't experienced Atlanta like that. Mm-hmm. So this might be kind of easy. So I'm going to go JR Crickets for some wings. Um, Ten Lizzie's. Um, some Cantina for your tacos. Kind of Tex-Mix. Um, Maggiano's for Italian. Oh, yeah, that's the spot. Um, Bogo de Chow for the steakhouse. And then five Zaxby's. Got to hit Zaxby's every oh, time I go man. home. If you don't know what Zaxby's is, it's the equivalent of Cane's out here, Raising yeah. Cane's. But they actually season their shit. So <laughs> they season their shit. I should have put Zaxby's number one because that's the first place we went. Yeah. I don't know how I let that slip. So, yeah, yeah. top five. That was easy. That's crazy. I haven't had Zaxby's. I got to hit it. I've been to ATL many times. Listen. Actually, honorable mention, cookout. Cookout? What's the cookout? I think I've heard of it. Damn, I leave Waffle House up off the list, man. <laughs> that's that's always the first spot I hit. I got yeah, go to everybody. House. I mean, I mean, Waffle House is Waffle House, you know. Cookout. Basically, it's a spot, mm-hmm. in my opinion, best to go through after the club or whatever. So you drive through for five ninety nine, you get two main entrees, two sides, and like a premium drink. Wow. For five ninety nine, and it's fucking love this. It's it's like how it sounds. It's a cookout. So the burgers they give you, they give it to you in the foil, like it came fresh off the grill. These ain't no pre frozen. Like this yeah. is a real burger with the soft like. Bun and stuff, but yeah, cookout be slapping. Yeah, I, I honestly, I think I had it like one time when I was out there. It was just on some random shit too. I didn't, <sighs> man, it was like like you said for that deal, five ninety nine, you get two, uh, can't beat it. Two entrees, two yeah. sides. Like man, niggas in Atlanta gonna kill me for not saying Waffle House first. <laughs> but whatever, that's my five. All right, next question. Uh, top five must see locations in at ATL. Top five must see locations. 
patience. Mm. If you go in the wintertime, I'm going to say you got to go to Garden Lights uh-huh. at the Botanical Gardens. Gorgeous site. Perfect date spot. Um, downtown as a whole, I don't know if I can group it like that, but downtown is fine. Just call it what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so much to do. So much to see. I will say more specifically, Old Fourth Ward. They built it up so much. It used to be the hood. Everything's getting gentrified in Atlanta, just like it is out here yeah. in LA. They built it up to be so nice. Yeah. Um, Pond City Market, the Beltline, definitely something to experience. Um, the new stadium, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, had a Super Bowl there last year, just got finished. Definitely should go see that. It's right next to Phillips Arena. Go catch you a game. Um, just call it yeah. four. And then, I guess for the fifth one, I would say you got to go to all the historic sites. MLK. Yeah. Um, old Ebenezer, the aquarium, um, Coca Cola, and the Centennial Olympic Park, but all that's still downtown. So, uh, a couple places you got to go for sure. You make me want to go to the ATL to try all these places. Hey man, we already got, we already got a house that's ten times big as this little bitty ass apartment. So y'all more than welcome to pull up yeah. at any given time. Well, it's definitely hey, y'all hear that? Y'all ATL hit them up. Yeah, <laughs> but sure. um, man. You make me fall in love with ATL, honestly, as you said, everything. Because I'm just, like, picturing the whole thing. Like, I've been to the MLK um, Museum, tried some of the food spots, and I just know ATL has the whole South is how it is just in general. It's like... There's so much. Like, even taking her back, because one thing she'll say is, like, I want to know where I'm going to live. Mm-hmm. So it's almost my job to be a tour guide. Yeah. And she's falling in love with some of the places I just kind of described. That culture is just something completely different mm-hmm. when you come from out here. So... It's it's ironic how you know people think grass is greener when you're in Atlanta. All you want to do is get to LA, turn up, be part of Hollywood. Yeah. But if you grew up here, a lot of people, you know, people who aren't beach people, because we ain't got no beaches in Atlanta, but they want to get to the lower cost of living, get to nicer people, see black people in you know higher positions corporately and things like that. So yeah, it's all about perspective. That's true, man. All right, third question. Top five mentors. Or five mentors? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I got five, but definitely... Mentors my, are the, uh, mentors or role models? Uh, my granddaddy, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I got an actual mentor, another civil engineer who was in my field, just you know, 15 years older than me to know the game. Gotcha. Dude from New York named Jason. Um, my dad, for sure. Um, role models, four and five. I don't know if I have a four and five. And okay. that, that's probably my own fault for, like I said, being an only child and not surrounding myself around too many people. I got a couple couple friends who I look up to. I put, honestly, I'd probably put Jakeem on that list. Okay. You could, your, your own cousin. I only know Jakeem about a year or two. Um, but I admire how he moves. Being a young pastor who's also true to himself. Mm-hmm. That's something I respect. And being out here in LA, I've seen so many older pastors who want to be so cool and so young, so bad yeah. that they just completely lose themselves. disrespect the cloth and lose themselves. And, you know, here I get to be around, you know, one of the homies mm-hmm. who is a positive representation of how, like, someone can have love for God and, and love for people. Yeah. So that's that's some G shit I like. Um, five, I don't know if I got one yet. I'm still looking for him. 
It's <laughs> looking for yeah. any uh, fashion icons or fashion people that you like look up to or anything of that nature. Um, some G shit, no, no, because I'm not a, a fashion person. Like mm-hmm. this is new for me. Gotcha. I never really looked into fashion. I just did whatever I felt like doing and tried to be as unique as possible. Um, but with the sense of coordination and people kind of took a hold to it. But if I had to like drop names. I'm kind of hesitant because most of these people got stylists. You know, mm-hmm. it ain't like they came up with this. Only but him, yeah. if I had to be somebody, it'd definitely be Idris. Idris Elba, for sure. I got you. Um, definitely want to be a, a 50-year-old gray beard. <laughs> nigga that make, that make all the youngins. Idris know. be killing me. He started yeah. rapping, too. I was like, yeah, oh, my yeah, God. Idris, <laughs> yeah, if I had to put one on the board, it'd be Idris for sure. Um, who else is clean? There's a couple couple other clean icons out there. If you go on GQ website, they always list like celebrities as... Mm-hmm. What's his name? Um, dude that plays Loki, uh, Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, that's a clean white boy. Yeah. That yeah. that dude is clean. Got yeah. you. So if I had to put anybody on that list, yeah, I'm about to and check I, out his style. How can I leave off? Um, I have a sincere, deep admiration for Virgil Abloh, mm-hmm. uh, creative off white. That's a uh, personal connection to that brand. Um, he's now creative director for Louis Vuitton for some role in Louis Vuitton. Louis yeah, Vuitton is my great, favorite great. designer brand. Um, if there was anybody, it'd definitely be him. Gotcha. For sure. Man, Virgil, Virgil came a long way, honestly. Long way. <laughs> like, that's how, that's yeah. when the hard work really pays off, too. Like you say, he's a creative, creative director for um, Louis Vuitton, so that, mm-hmm. that takes that long path. You got to stay persistent and consistent with whatever you want to do and accomplish. So. What, and to stay on that topic, I don't know how I almost overlooked him, but he... Is also a civil engineer. Bro, damn, I didn't know that. He went to school for civil engineering. He was working at an architecture firm, I believe. You know, correct me if I'm wrong. I have to look up the facts, but working at a firm, ended up getting an internship with Kanye. Took off, obviously, showed his talent, got to where he is now. Mm-hmm. That resonates with me yeah. more than you can imagine. And it's was my favorite brand, and he was one of my favorite designers before I ever even knew that backstory. So that's um, yeah. You can scratch everything and just say Virgil. That that's they that's said scratch everything and just say Virgil for sure. I don't know how I about that. Yeah, for sure. Number four, top five songs. Come on, <laughs> um, I had to hit you with it. Of twenty nineteen, twenty twenty nineteen. Um, yeah, twenty nineteen. I do that. Twenty nineteen. I can do. Five. I can do my top five songs all the time. Okay, I got some. I got some bangers that I love. Um, just not. It's not gonna be in order though. Um, get money by Biggie. Mm-hmm. Um, blue cheese, two chains, Migos. Um, welcome back by Jeezy. What that is three. International Players Anthem. That's the shit. <laughs> For sure. GK, Three Stacks, Big Boy. Um, you got four, huh? I feel like I got to throw something from Travis Scott in there. No pressure. <laughs> I know you're like, damn. Man, that is tough. That's difficult. I'm trying to think of like, as soon as it come on, I just take off. Um, I'm going to put a 2019 song in there. I'm going to okay. put... Matter of fact, wow, disrespectful. I almost just overlooked this, and this is the song we came out to at our wedding. 
March Madness. Oh, that's for my future. Shit. How could I? <laughs> that is March Madness should have been number one. Hey, oh man, I can never get tired of that song. It's Listen, so crazy. How did I? Man, wow, that should have been number one. But yeah, that's my five. That's my shit. I've seen him perform it twice. Every time it's just crazy. I'm like, yeah, this is my song. Especially the second verse. Man. That's only rap. I could probably do an R&B five, but it's cool. <laughs> All right, for sure. Uh, last, uh, last question. Top five memories up to now. Um, getting a fashion overdeal. Mm-hmm. That was that was huge. Congratulations. That, that, appreciate it. I'm not even gonna call it a deal. I ain't gonna hype it up to be more than what it was. But I was at work one day. A good friend of mine who was a photographer, he's their official photographer. Everything you see from Fashion Nova, he, he takes and edits. Gotcha. Um, he knew that they were going to come out with a plus-size line. He hit me immediately, um, called me in there. So the first kind of interview, I was supposed to be the nigga that was on the page, like on the page with all the clothes. So like you scroll as me and every different page that of clothes. Right? Yeah. They ended up picking a light-skinned nigga that looked just like me. <laughs> I'm not hurt. No, I'm playing. Um, <laughs> he ended up calling me a couple months later. It was like, oh, they want to do a video with you to have for their um, like internet ads and yeah. stuff. And I'm like, I'm, I'm there for it. So we did it, shot it. Such a dope experience. Opened up so many opportunities. That led to probably every campaign I've had with any other brand mm-hmm. I've done since. So top memory for sure. My wedding, of course. Um, that was crazy. I, I've been engaged before with my wife and to get to a point where you think you know what you're supposed to do with your life and it doesn't work out and, and God still gives you an opportunity to have what he has for you mm-hmm. that was huge for me that it, I couldn't imagine you know being where I am without my wife so the blessing um other top moments let's see graduation from college with my grandparents in the front row. They have been... Where do they from? School is called WPI, Worcester Polytechnic Institute. It's a engineering school out in Massachusetts. Um, that was definitely a top moment. That was special because you don't even know if your grandparents going to be alive at a yeah. certain point. So for them to not only make the trip, but be front row, that was crazy. Yeah, all right, man. I'm just picturing yeah. myself. Um, I won this art award in high school for this picture of my grandfather I drew. It was all pencil. My parents still have it mm-hmm. hanging up in the house. It's pretty detailed. Probably one of the most, you know, crazy drawings I've done to date. The last moment was probably the first mural I did. Um, also at my high school. I graduated. The theater director called me to come back and to paint the whole theater wing of the school. Yeah. And there was bunch of different paintings of different plays and things and I'm pretty sure it's still there and that was about almost 10 years ago so that was pretty big for me yeah yeah man top five memories I like those I want to have to see some of your sketches and all the artwork that you've done and your uncles and everybody done because I would do me personally I'm passionate about art so I'm like I love especially the freehand and the drawing and everything that's like that's a different side of that's a different talent honestly yeah. to really be focusing and really sketching and take your time with it so I know how that time takes uh, patience and time really Effort just really applying yourself. I'm very impatient and I am following the path of my uncles and being horrible at keeping a portfolio. I maybe got like two drawings upstairs 
everything else, I couldn't tell you where it is or what <laughs> it is. So when people ask to see it, I'm like, dang, I got to go dig it up. Yeah. I had a website at one point in time of all my stuff, and I let that go down. I just, I got to do better. Got you, got you. Yeah. I got another question. What would you, so we were talking about the emotional intelligence. What would you tell, say if you can go back and tell 16-year-old Mario? What would shit. You, what, would, <laughs> what would you tell him? i tell him, nigga, you the shit. You better not let nobody tell you otherwise. Um, but no, for real. I would introduce the concept of emotional intelligence to him. Um, introduce confidence to him. Because the thing that made the difference in my life between where I was in high school versus where I am now is just confidence. That's mm-hmm. it. I'm the same nigga. Yeah. I ain't really changed that much. I've gotten smarter, gotten better, you know, gotten more experience. But to the core, same as I do. And back then, I didn't know that. I didn't know what my work was. I don't think anybody really knew what their work was, and anybody who knew it too much is probably that high schooler that's strung out right now that was too cocky back in the day that ain't <laughs> really worth true. shit now, you know? But back then, I would definitely say be confident, be sure of who you are, um, do more research into the potentials of your future because I probably wouldn't have gone to engineering school. I would have trusted myself as an artist mm-hmm. and gone to some sort of art school or maybe even fashion design school. Who knows? Um, so that's what I would tell myself for sure. Be more confident. Got you, man. I respect that knowledge. I was like, sometimes I do wish I can go back and talk to like my high school me. And, for sure. I would have slapped that nigga. <laughs> <laughs> for real, man. Like, honestly, I really appreciate you coming on the show, uh, talking about your experience, talking about your life, talking about everything. Appreciate just you having me, man. Get in. I know we didn't really touch on a lot of bases and whatnot, but we touched on the main stuff that I think people would like it and really indulge in it, really uh, feed into it, hit you up and hit me up, and really just it will help a lot of people out. Especially, I think the biggest thing on here was like the emotional intelligence that that kept coming up. So, listen, man. There's a book called Emotional Intelligence. I was required to read it by this company I used to work for. Changed my life. Wow. I don't remember the author, Damn. but if y'all can look it up. I promise you. It's crazy. Change your life. It's crazy that you said that. You're the second person that, that's told me that within the last two weeks to read that book. And I'm going to have to check it out. I'm telling you, man. Game changer. Like, she, my wife probably gets sick of me preaching it, but it is a real thing. For sure. A real... Like, it will show you yourself, mm-hmm. and in turn, you will be able to see through people like you wouldn't believe. Got you. And I would love to introduce that to my, my 16-year-old self. Emotional intelligence. A lot sure. of us... Yeah. A lot of us... We just to keep going. A lot of us get in our own heads about what we think other people are thinking, either about us or about a situation. But man, if you ever want to know somebody's true colors, understand the concept of emotional intelligence. It will give you X-ray vision into that shit. I promise you. Man, I'm gonna read that book for sure. That's on my list now. Yeah. Especially the second person I say, I ain't gonna wait for the third person to tell me to read it. I'm gonna just take two and like read the book, and I'm gonna give y'all the feedback on it, and then talk to him about it as well. But that's the end of the show, man. I know we we've been here. Talking to y'all, preaching to y'all. Appreciate y'all listening and tuning in. Hope you have a good weekend. See y'all soon.